Principles of Economics, my complete guide to understanding economics, is now available in hardcover, audiobook, and ebook from SafeAdeen.com, Amazon, and many more booksellers worldwide. And now, I am also teaching a course based on this book on my website, SafeAdeen.com. Principles of Economics will run the whole academic year, from September to June, and will have a new lecture every two weeks, as well as weekly live online discussion seminars open to learners from all over the world and from all walks of life. Whether you're a student, a professional, or a retiree, you are making economic decisions every day, and this course will arm you with the wisdom of centuries of economists to improve your economic decision-making. You'll also get a free book of Principles of Economics if you sign up for the course. Go to safeaddeen.com and sign up now. The Bitcoin Standard Podcast is brought to you by Orange Pill App, the Bitcoin-only social network that connects you with high-signal Bitcoiners, events, and now merchants as well. If you're like me and can't stop talking about Bitcoin, you know how challenging it can be to talk to the no-coiners and how nice it is to talk to someone who gets you. With the Orange Pill app, you can find the Bitcoiners near you and they can replace the no-coiners in your life. You can organize events and meetups with local Bitcoiners and wherever you travel, you can meet up with local Bitcoiners all while being as anonymous as you like. So if you want to build your local network of Bitcoiners, find a Bitcoin meetup or merchants accepting Bitcoin, head over to orangepillapp.com to sign up or download the app from the App Store or Google Play Store and send me a DM so we can get connected. The Bitcoin Standard Podcast is brought to you by CoinKite. CoinKite are my favorite makers of Bitcoin hardware. They produce the legendary Open Dime, the first Bitcoin bearer asset, as well as the reliable cold card hardware wallet, the excellent stainless steel seed plates for storing your seed phrases, and the block clock. Now, CoinKite have produced the SATS card, a card the size of a credit card which can store Bitcoin and works great as a gift. CoinKite have just produced a limited edition gorgeous Bitcoin Standard SATS card, which carries the Bitcoin Standard logo, and you can get it from coinkite.shop slash Bitcoin Standard. Use the code Bitcoin Standard to get 5% off your purchase. This podcast is also brought to you by the Bitcoin Way, your professional Bitcoin IT team offering you personalized, secure, and comprehensive solutions for every step along your Bitcoin journey. The Bitcoin Way offer live concierge service to guide you with your Bitcoin cold storage, running your node, privacy best practices, inheritance planning, corporate strategy, and multi-sig solutions. They don't touch your coins, they guide you through the process of acquiring your coins and securing them. If you'd like to make your setup safer and more reliable, book a consult with them and see what they have to suggest. If you want to give someone the gift of Bitcoin, get them this professional service that will ensure they start off knowing exactly how to manage their coins and not lose them. Go to thebitcoinway.com and start Bitcoining more confidently. Hi everyone, uh, welcome to a very special episode on the Tonebase YouTube channel where we're going to talk economics, uh, central banking, and perhaps uh, the future as the new standard underlying those banks uh, or maybe get rid of them altogether as I am joined by the one and only Peter Schiff and uh, Saifedina Moose. Uh, Peter, uh, you know, neither of you guys need an introduction on this channel, uh, but Peter, go ahead and do a very brief introduction, uh, including uh, the book that you have out right now. Well, I don't have any new books. Of course, the books I've written in the past are still available uh, to be sold. The most recent one is The Real Crash, America's Coming Bankruptcy, which I updated 
I think in 2016. So it's about three years old, but it's still extremely relevant. And the crash that I was warning about has yet to happen, but it will probably in a more spectacular manner, given the fact that we've been able to kick the can down the road. And in the process, all the problems have gotten bigger. But I kind of rose to uh, notoriety based on my forecast of the 2008 financial crisis. My first book, Crash Proof, How to Profit from the Coming Economic Collapse, uh, came out in early 07, but it was written largely in 05 and 06. And I was commenting on the, the housing bubble, how the Fed had inflated that, and what the consequences would be for the economy once it popped. But also in that book, I forecast that when uh, the bubble did pop, uh, the Fed would try to reflate it uh, with more of the same monetary policy that caused the bubble in the first place. And that was what I thought would ultimately crash the economy. I said we were not going to succumb to the disease, but the government's cure, which would actually lead to a dollar crisis, a sovereign debt crisis. That is the crisis that so far has been postponed, uh, but only at the expense of exacerbating it. So I think that's still coming. And you know what I do for a living is I help people manage their money uh, to try to prepare for what I believe is an inevitable crisis in the U.S. dollar and a broader crisis, of course, for the U.S. economy, U.S. financial assets. Uh, so I invest for clients around the world. I create portfolios of dividend-paying stocks uh, in countries that I think are on much sounder financial footing uh, than is the United States. I try to own currencies that I think will uh, gain in value relative to the dollar. And, of course, we also invest in real money, which is gold. You can see uh, above my shoulder, Shift Gold is the name of a company that I have, which uh, sells physical precious metals. I think that that should also be a part of everybody's portfolio. And of course, we also have a pretty good allocation right now to gold mining stocks. Uh, they have been in a vicious bear market uh, because so many people really have no idea what's about to happen. But of course, by the time they figure it out, uh, these stocks will be much more expensive. So the smart money has been buying and holding uh, in advance of this crisis. All right, excellent. And uh, safe. Uh, tell us, uh, Very Brief Instruction, you've been on this channel before. Uh, I think every one of my followers has read your book, uh, but go ahead, give a brief intro uh, for those that may not be familiar. Yeah, so I've, um, I've written a book called The Bitcoin Standard on uh, the economics of Bitcoin and why I think Bitcoin is, as I call it, the most advanced technology we have for performing the functions of money. And, uh, you know, I don't have uh, an investment company and I don't have an illustrious uh, record like Peter to brag about. Uh, so I generally just shit post on Twitter most of the time. So I guess we should just get to the point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Excellent. Hey, Peter. So something you mentioned, um, I want to ask a specific question. Uh, you mentioned there are currencies that you uh, that you are interested in that may appreciate relative to the do dollar. You want to expand on that a little bit? What other fiat currencies do you think are better than the dollar right now? Well, probably most of them, actually. Uh, but yeah, when, you, when it comes to fiat currencies, uh, they all have something in common in that they are fiat, right? They don't have value intrinsically. Uh, all the fiat currencies, of course, and I read uh, Safe's book, and he did a good job of uh, outlining that. Uh, but all the uh, fiat currencies were originally legitimate currencies. They were backed by real money. Uh, they were backed by gold that central banks had as reserve, and currencies were redeemable in gold. And for a while, 
cryptocurrencies were redeemable in dollars, which were redeemable in gold. So even if uh, a foreign a country had dollar reserves, those dollar reserves were de facto gold reserves because they could come to the Federal Reserve and get real money, gold, uh, for the Federal Reserve notes that, that, that they held. But once you go to a purely fiat-based system, you know, it, it, it's all a question of relativity, right? As far as what is one fiat currency worth in relation to another one. And you can always have that. I mean, they're all going to sink. Uh, they're just going to sink at, at different speeds. And I think the U.S. dollar is going to sink faster uh, than a number of other currencies that don't have the same macroeconomic problems that we have. I mean, America depends on the world for the goods that we don't produce. We depend on the world for the savings that we don't have. And so our economy functions because we could create dollars out of thin air and we can exchange those dollars for valuable goods that other countries manufacture or produce, uh, you know, only with the expenditure of real resources, land, labor and capital. So we get a free ride and we also get to borrow uh, based on the underconsumption of the rest of the world. And, and so I do think when there is a realignment there uh, that currencies are going to change uh, their relative value. And I also do believe that at some point uh, when the dollar is abandoned as the reserve asset, it's not that foreign central banks are going to look to the euro or the yen or the yuan uh, to replace the dollar. I think they will simply shore up their reserves with gold. And so the question is, you have to look at countries that are you know, most likely to be able to increase their gold reserves. You have to look at countries that are fiscally responsible. They're not running big budget deficits. They already have trade, trade surpluses. They're exporting real goods. They're producing. They're saving. And so you can look around the world and you can find uh, the countries that on a relative basis uh, look like that, you know, their currencies will withstand uh, or stand up better than, than, uh, than the dollar will. But I do think that all these currencies have a, are going to depreciate relative to gold. I mean, there's no question that that's going to happen over time. Right. But uh, that actually hasn't happened in a while. But uh, I'm actually waiting for that myself. But uh, say, if anything, comment on that, uh, on anything that Peter just said. I mean, I think uh, the, the one disagreement is uh, that uh, in the short run, while, while I might agree on the fundamentals, the fact that the U.S. dollar is a global reserve currency means that this shell game can continue to drag on for quite a while. Uh, but uh, I think Peter's right when he says that central banks are going to find it hard to move away from the dollar towards other national currencies because that's just going to be very hard to coordinate because everybody wants it to be their own currency. And, you know, unless you get a global war, a world war, and then a winner from that war imposes the order, it's unlikely that we can just move to a new national standard, national monetary standard based on a national currency. I think it's more likely that we would move to gold, as he specifies. And you see many central banks stocking up to gold and beginning to try and move away from uh, the dollar. But I think where yeah, and in the shift- meantime, though, safe the, the the percentage that the dollar represents of global reserves has been shrinking. So the world is already moving in that direction, and you are now finding countries that are, are you know trading bilaterally uh, commodities in currencies that are not the dollar now. So you're already seeing. Uh, the world moving away from the dollar. And I think that could well be the case, although still there's all these other uh, national currencies that are used for international trade. The dollar could still eat up their share and still grow another 40% from where it is before it begins to retract. But in generally, I agree with you in terms of the long run uh, trend. But I think the, the, the where I disagree with you is that 
I see Bitcoin as a free market alternative to central banks and all of the uh, monetary measures of central banks. And so currently, or until 2008, if you wanted to send money anywhere across the world, your only option was to go through central banks. You know, you couldn't just send money through any technology other through going through governments and central banks. And since Bitcoin was invented, we now have a functioning alternative. And I think it's going to grow independently of central banks and independently of the national banking systems of uh, th that are regulated by governments, and it's going to be a completely free market monetary system around uh, uh, essentially re built on replacing the governments of central banking with open source code. Yeah, and I, I, I think that that's you know really a, a, libertar a libertarian you know type of fantasy that's never going to become a reality. It's I mean, reality I, and it's happening, Peter. No, We're just waiting not, for you to get on board. It's already been going on for 10 years. It, you can't it, stay in no. denial about it. Okay, let's... Yeah, uh, let's it's, uh, it's, let's it's not about being in denial, but let, let, me, let, me, let me make my point yeah. as to why this is, is not going to work. I mean, yes, it is a creation of the free market. I mean, no question about that, but it's not going to be an alternative uh, to money. And, you know, one of the interesting things about your book, and I didn't read every word in the book because I didn't even realize I had it until this morning because it arrived when I was in Las Vegas and my housekeeper just put it on my bookshelf. I didn't even realize that it had arrived. So oh, okay. I found it this morning and I, I, but I read through some of the relevant parts and I, and the first part about it is fine. I have no objection to your history of money, of barter, of gold, of fiat currency, all that is fine. Um, but when I read, um, about Bitcoin, I mean, you acknowledge in the book that you don't believe that it's going to be practical for ordinary everyday transactions to be affected in Bitcoin, that it's not going to circulate broadly as a medium of exchange, but that you believe it's going to be a reserve asset where uh, banks or other third parties are going to store Bitcoin in cold storage and then issue other fiat, other digital currencies, for example, that were backed up by Bitcoin that would then circulate, that were more efficient, that could be faster and, you know, and things like that. But when you, when you go full circle like that, you start off by saying, we can't have gold because even though gold worked great in the past, for some reason you don't think it will work in the future because you think, well, I have to trust a third party to hold my gold. But then when you bring me full circle and say, I'm going to have to trust a third party to hold my Bitcoin and I'm going to transact in currencies that are backed by Bitcoin, well, then why not just stick, stick with gold? I mean, if you're going to trust a third party to hold your money, why not yeah. trust a third party with real money as opposed to just a sequence of, of numbers and letters? I mean, why can't you just have... Um, I'll tell you why. That's let, me, a, why let me just say, that's, a, that's an excellent, excellent question. Why can't you have a bank or depository issue a digital currency backed by its gold reserves? And then have people transacting in that or, or even still, why not even just do what a company like Gold Money does and allow people to digitally transfer ownership of gold instantly anywhere in the world for free? I mean, I can have an account at Gold Money and I can have, let's say, $1,000, $2,000, $5,000 worth of gold. And if I want to buy a cup of coffee and the coffee merchant wants my gold, I can instantly send him you know, $5 worth of gold and he can, he can give me coffee. So I could trade him real value metal gold for another commodity coffee. So if I can do that instantaneously using an app on my cell phone, I mean, why, why bother with Bitcoin? I don't get it. Yeah. 
it's a good so point. You, Say it, go for it. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a great great point, and and I'll say you know it's 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 uh, it's a much more. Uh, a cogent objection to, to, to my book and to Bitcoin than the sort of uh, usual stuff that I get. Uh, but I'll, I'll, the difference, in my opinion, is this. In the case of gold, and because of the physical nature of gold, because moving it around is expensive and it's insecure and it requires significant cost and insurance and so on, eventually the clearance of gold had to, you know, the, it benefits so much from economies of scale through settlement, through just basically putting all of the reserves in one place and then having everybody's accounts and having banks centralize the reserves and then having central banks centralize the reserves, that you ended up with a system in which for gold clearance to work, you had to have basically one bank in every country. And then that was very convenient for governments to come and take it over. The difference with Bitcoin is that what I say in my book is not that uh, we're going to end up with one central bank. The difference is that in Bitcoin, even at its, you know, at the uh, worst case scenarios for the transaction capacity that Bitcoin can process, we'd still be able to have a system with several thousand effectively central banks around the world. Well, they're not and central the, banks, but but safe. Here's the point. Like, but hang on, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me let me answer the question. I haven't answered it. The point is that the cost of setting up a Bitcoin node is far, far, far cheaper than setting up a gold central bank. And so if you want to set up a bank with a central bank built on gold that can clear gold around the world, you know, you need to be able to send physical gold around the world. And that's really expensive. So that then gets centralized into a few big central banks. And that makes it easy for governments to capture. Yeah, well, here, Bitcoin at its most centralized layer ends up with several thousands of nodes and has a much better chance at resisting but, okay. by government. That's really the key point. So if you go back to history, before the Federal Reserve came into being in the United States, and probably true in other countries, but uh, paper currency was issued by private banks. There were private banks all over the country that were issuing currency that was backed by gold. And the, the idea was you didn't actually have to transfer the gold. People could just transfer the notes. And the same thing is true today. I mean, I said, I could transfer my rights to my gold. I can have gold sitting at a vault in Brinks, and I can send my ownership rights instantly for free to somebody in Australia. So the only time you talk about the cost of transferring gold is if you want to physically move it from one person to another. If I'm just transferring my ownership and the gold stays no, at but a private custodian, hang on, Peter. that costs nothing. But hold on, let me finish my point. But of course, I can hand my gold to somebody and that costs me nothing. I could just give somebody a gold coin. I've transferred it. It doesn't cost anything. But in order to maintain the Bitcoin network, the amount of electricity is tremendous. The, in order to validate constantly all of these transactions, it is extremely expensive. Yes. Okay. So that's two points. That's two points. So uh, on the uh, on the issue of electricity, well, yes. If, as long as it, as long as people value that service, then people will spend more electricity on it. It still takes a lot more electricity to fly you across the Atlantic than it would to send you across the Atlantic. But you don't have, I don't canoe. have to fly across the Atlantic. I know, but but I mean, yeah. you can go also by a canoe and consume much less energy. But there's a reason you consume more energy and go by a jet because it's safer and faster and better but i don't need so bitcoin to does that i don't need to do that i can transfer the ownership no you don't here's the thing because sit in peter come on i'll let you finish you're not letting me finish hang on you save a chance you, yeah. you, you understand so, this stuff very well 
Yeah, no, the point is this. E-Gold were built in the 1990s, and they built something like that, and they were shut down. They didn't do anything illegal, but they were basically told, you will either shut this down or you will go to jail. And they shut it down, and they stayed out of jail. But you can't build a global banking and monetary system and money transfer system based on, e-gold, based on gold yeah. because governments have confiscated gold in the 1930s. Governments still control the majority of gold. Well, governments are able to influence the market for gold through their sales and their lending through the market of gold well, and the governments own a big chunk of the gold so and you know things like gold money i have an account with gold money i think it's a great idea but you can't use it as a day-to-day expenditure card because well, there are all using, kinds of regulations around it either. and if it ever were to become popular you know you think governments are going to have any trouble shutting down gold-based services no well, they won't because they're going to be centralized in places like brinks as you said and these are very few locations around the world that are very trivial to cut to shut yeah, down uh, bitcoin has you know, many more on. thousands of it, nodes it's, that's why it's much harder to shut down and it's, uh, you know same, i'm not it, saying it will succeed but it does have a much better chance of succeeding as an alternative free market monetary system than gold does at this no, point well, because it's better resistant to government control. And you yeah, should well, be on all, our side cheering, when, when, Peter. When, when the U.S. government seized gold in the 1930s, they didn't actually seize it. They, they, they told people to turn it in. Very few people did. They took it from so, the banks because the banks already had it, but the majority of gold was in, in, in banks. The they, they, they did not send government agents to people's houses and take their gold. So Agreed. no, but they made the gold. They made the banks reinforce enforce the new exchange rate. So they I understand the this, gold. but that's the United States is one country. We we you cannot. But all the governments of the world basically the confiscated world. their nation's and, gold and in the twenties and thirties. Say the problem with with e gold that was before the internet, before the type of uh, electronics or computers that we have now, where at least. Uh, the the entities can do all the KYC and, and do the types of things that you need to do in a financial system to make sure that your system is safe from money launderers or terrorists. I mean, they can do that now based on the technology that we have. In fact, the gold standard that you admit worked well in the past works even better now and in the future because of all the technology that exists today. Absolutely. That, that I, it would if, if governments would let it. That's the but problem. It, it doesn't it. resist governments. But government can also stop Bitcoin. I mean, no, they can. That's no, the difference. They can't, Peter. They'll have that's a much, much, much right. harder time with stopping Bitcoin. That's the key okay. thing. So, and that's why we need to burn all that electricity. And Bitcoin is consuming as much electricity right. as small countries now so because you're it's worth it. It's going to consume so as if, much as big countries. What if, the government, what if the government said Bitcoin is contraband? Anybody caught with Bitcoin, it's 10 years or 20 years in jail if you own any. How many yeah. Americans are going to say, well, I don't care. I'm going to own it anyway. And now, the, and now they're going to risk using their cell phone, using their computer. The government tracks down that they've used some Bitcoin, and now they're going to go to jail. And if the government makes it illegal, no bank will, will deal with it. You'll never be able to convert your Bitcoin into any currency. You'll have to keep it in Bitcoin the whole time, and you'll have to find somebody else who's going to risk going to jail. Right? The government still has all the guns. The government only does what they want. So, I mean, if the government says, hey, it's illegal, I mean, how many people, no financial institutions, right? Everybody right now thinks, oh, we're going to have ETFs. Wall Street is going to be buying it. All this buying. Yeah, but that's irrelevant to the operation of Bitcoin because Bitcoin doesn't need any of that stuff. So Bitcoin (laughs) continues to operate because, you know, the network itself, you can send the stuff and you can exchange goods and services for the the Bitcoins itself. No, but no, not if it's illegal. And now the miners. If it is illegal, it still works. I mean, ask yourself, you know, they've made drugs illegal and you can still. Right, it's the drug war all over again. 
I, I yeah. understand that, but but, but 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 also remember this: like with a drug, you know, you have to grow it under the sun, and then you have to process it, and then you have to ship it halfway around the world, and you have to distribute it down to tiny little doses. And they still manage to do that with yeah, Bitcoin. All, you all need the... a tiny little electronic device that sends about receives about one or two megabytes of data every ten minutes, and you're part of the network. So you know, if they can't stamp out drugs. They're not going to be able to completely stamp out Bitcoin. No, but the, the demand coordinated global of Bitcoin. Uh, in order for Bitcoin to achieve the scale that people are talking about, it can't just exist in an underground economy. It's just not going to work. But you know, it could. It no, could. Wait, wait, wait. You know, the, the, the underground economy in the Soviet uh, Union guys, guys, guys. became the real economy, guys. and the official economy but, collapsed. We could say. Everything yeah. you just described for Bitcoin would be much easier for the government to do towards gold. The syllabus for my new online economics course, Principles of Economics, is now available on safedean.com. The course will take place over 18 lectures, each based on one chapter from my new book, Principles of Economics, which will be available for free as an ebook for everyone registering for the course. Lectures will be released once every two weeks on Mondays, starting on the 25th of September, 2023, and will be available in video and audio format. Live discussion seminars will be held once a week on Thursdays at alternating time slots, 12 hours apart, to ensure learners can attend from all over the world. I'm happy to announce that I have set up my new publishing house and online bookstore, The Safe House, which will be publishing and delivering the best Bitcoin and Austrian economics books worldwide in hardcover, audiobook, and ebook formats. Go to thesafehouse.com to buy my latest book, Principles of Economics, as well as the Fiat Standard and the Bitcoin Standard. And now I'm also publishing Fiat Food, Matthew Lishak's amazing investigation into how inflation ruined our diet and health. And I'm also publishing Lynn Alden's Broken Money, her masterful exploration of the failures of the global financial system and how Bitcoin fixes it. This is a Bitcoiner's bookshop, so the books are printed in beautiful cloth hardcover made to last with an ice-colored dust jacket on top. Go to thesafehouse.com and get yours now. No, because first of all, they can't get your gold. If I have gold in my house, they can't get it. I don't yes, need a computer can. to access it. They're going to send a lot, Peter, a lot easier than the government can get my Bitcoin. No, I think it's much easier for them to crack down on something that you need the internet for, something that leaves a digital fingerprint. They don't you know need, if I you own need the internet. You need, you need the internet for their central banks and for any kind of gold-backed service that you mentioned. But Bitcoin actually doesn't yeah. need the internet to operate. You well, need you know a what? device you that know can what? send one you know or two Bitcoin... megabytes of data every 10 minutes, and that doesn't even need a connection yeah. to the internet. What, what, what Bitcoin needs to operate, though, even more importantly than the network and all the energy required to maintain it, is the confidence that anyone's going to want it in the future, which I don't believe Great. is going to exist. Because the most important part of money, apart from the fact that it could be a medium of exchange and a unit of account, which Bitcoin cannot. I mean, there is no way that prices are going to be denominated in Bitcoin, that people are going to work for salaries paid in Bitcoin, that people are going to buy bonds denominated in Bitcoin, that people are going to buy life insurance policies where their premiums are paid in Bitcoin, and the principal is a Bitcoin. And none of this is ever going to work, which you have to have to be money. But again, the most important characteristic is you need to be a valuable commodity. You need to have a, a use case apart from being a, 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 a unit of account or a, store of a, or a medium of exchange. You, you have to have value. When people want to say Bitcoin is a store of value, 
in order to be a store of value, you must have value that can be stored. See, I'm wearing a pair of cufflinks here that you can, if you can see these cufflinks, right? They're made out of gold, right? And I oh, got come them. Come on, from, man. You're right? better than that. It's not but, because it's on. shiny that finish. it's money. Let me, I'm not, let me finish. <laughs> these cufflinks are a store of value because in 100 years, I can melt this gold down and I can make it into any other jewelry that somebody might want to buy, or I can use it in aerospace, in electronics, or dentistry. All of the valuable uses that exist today for gold will still be there in 100 years. The gold will not lose any of the properties that it has over time. So I can store that value. I can use my gold today, or I can store it and use it in the future. But when it comes to Bitcoin, I can't do anything with my Bitcoin today other than give it to somebody else. And so if I can't which do it, actually, which actually makes it a better money. Let me, let me, let me answer that. It, that actually makes it better save, because save it, how is it, it, have money, it has no value. No, it does have value because right. I mean, this is, I've heard you mention this point and, 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 and frankly, it's, it's sad to hear you say that, you know, that value is subjective. No, value not. is not physical. Yes. All value is subjective. This no. is the first lesson in no. Menger's yeah. principles. So of you, so then, if you don't think value is subjective, Peter, you're going to be on team Keynes. You know, you're on no, the no, team. No, of the status. We think value is objective and value can be determined. Are you going to be a Marxist? Okay. So I can't let Peter do that to you. Wait a minute. Does water have value? Or is it just subjective? Could you live without it? It only water? has value because people value it. It's no, because they need it to value live. it. Because there'd be no life with it. You can't tell me. Look, some people can value no, 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 no. more than others. I, I, listen, I mean, look, degree, uh, we're not, we're not going to rehash. Peter, Peter, give safe a chance. Give safe, give safe a chance to answer yeah. this. This is my turn now. The point is this. All value is subjective. It's only because people value things that they have value. Oil, you yeah. used to pay people to take oil from your land. Before when you people figured it. out what exactly. you Exactly. Once Peter, we figured Peter. out that it can be valuable, then it became valuable and we started paying money for it. So all things have value. I want to ask you a question. Look at your phone. I could take your phone and I could take your, your all of your computers in your office and I could keep them in the same physical condition in which they are, but I would delete all the data on them. If I did that, would you would you think that that is worth nothing for you? All of your digital data in the world, all of your emails, all of your files, everything that you own that's not physical. If I told you, you know, I could digitally set fire to it right now, but otherwise you could pay me a hundred bucks and it would be saved. Would you pay the hundred bucks? Yes, well, you would. Even though it's but, not physical, you would pay for it. Yeah, because let me tell you something else. Listen, 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 listen Peter. You, I let you finish every time. You don't let me finish a single time. I don't like baseball. I still understand that New York Yankees are a brand that's worth several billion dollars. I think you need to understand this is the case with Bitcoin. You may not like digital money, but it's a thing that's worth billions of dollars, even though it's not physically there. Just like the New York Yankees brand is worth billions of dollars, even though it's not something that's actually physically there. It's not the stadium. It's not the players that's worth that money. It's not – you don't have to be physical to have value, and Bitcoin is just like that. Okay, so no, the notion that something I, has to be a commodity to be money I think is false. Bitcoin has not, value because the okay. market gives it value. Okay, I am not making that distinction. You are. Assets can be tangible and intangible. I'm not saying that an intangible asset can't have value. I don't think it would work very well as money, but it can have value, right? I mean, music is intangible but I can enjoy listening to it. I can, mm -hmm. I can dance to it. I mean, a software is intangible, but I can use that software to improve uh, my life or efficiencies or things like that. I mean, so intangible things can have value, but just because Bitcoin is also intangible doesn't mean it has value. If I take my Bitcoin, my, my numbers and letters and write it down on a piece of paper, what can I do with it? 
I can't listen to it. I can't watch it. I can't dance to it. It doesn't improve anything. It's just numbers and letters. It's nothing. The only reason that it has some value is market-based value because somebody is willing to buy it because they don't realize it has no value and they think somebody else in the future will be willing to pay even more money for it. But that is true for every single thing in the world. It's true for gold. It's true for real estate. It's true for Manhattan. If people tomorrow decided that they don't like Manhattan, they'd move out of it and all of Manhattan would be worth zero dollars. It's true for everything. It's only valuable because people value it and you speculate that others will value it. And Bitcoin has been around for 10 years and the market for it and the depth of the liquidity for it keeps getting bigger. So people who believe that it can function as money are continuing to increase and the market's judgment is that it no, is it's not. in that role. Now, the, on, on the question of volatility, which is another good point that you raised, the point is this. Bitcoin is now in the in, in still an embryonic stage in terms of the total size of money in the world. Bitcoin is at around maybe 0.1% of the total value of money in the world. If it's going to grow, it's going to be many, many multiples of that. If it's going to succeed in its, in, and become a global currency that's used, it might be 10%, 20%, maybe even 100%. So it's, going to, it's still at an embryonic stage. And it's impossible to imagine that something that's going to be valued by the market is going to maintain a fixed value compared to the you, you frame of reference know. of the person buying it. It's going to oscillate and it's going to grow. But if Bitcoin Same. manages to capture a big chunk of value of the market, then it's likely going to yeah, you know, if reduce in volatility. Dressed, he'd be my grandmother. I mean, you have all kinds of ifs that might happen. You don't know what people are No, we don't, but, if, but that's what's been happening for the past 10 years. So I think it might no, make sense. No, 10 years is nothing. In- you think 10 years is a long time in the history of things for you to say- No, oh, it's, but it's not nothing also. The last 10 years that people are going to want it in the future i mean how do you know i mean look i know that bitcoin is not going to work but let's assume for a minute that it can work well what if somebody comes up with something that works even better and people are like oh yeah this is it oh bitcoin that's old-fashioned who wants my grandfather uses bitcoin this oh say safe kid safe has a great answer for this go for yeah, it i mean I've heard him say it many we, times we've had thousands of these uh, iq tests that are, are called altcoins and essentially you know they all ape the rituals of bitcoin they all compete with Bitcoin by adding new, completely inconsequential and pointless features. The point why, the reason is they will never be like Bitcoin, they will never compete with Bitcoin, is because Bitcoin is the only one that grew as a neutral protocol without anybody in charge of it. All the others, after Bitcoin was invented, if you've heard about any of the other 1,000, 2,000 plus altcoins, it's because somebody actively, there was one party behind it that was actively promoting it and working on it in order to get it to become, gain visibility. And that's why, these are the only ones that show up in the top page of the coin market cap. So none of the other coins can claim to be a neutral internet protocol. And this is the key difference. No, but but here's the thing, Peter, with all due respect, I I think you underestimate the, the, the importance of open source software in your daily life. Like when you get on an airplane, the software that's used to run the airplane is not proprietary software prepared by, uh, you know, proprietary companies. Most of that software is built on Linux. Most of the critical um, uh, infrastructure in terms of software around the world is open source software that's been reviewed by people over many, many years because it's operational over many, many millions of places. And and so, you know, the, the, the open source software movement has won 
and you know, even though your own laptop might be Windows or uh, Mac, but the majority of infrastructure on which the internet and servers and everything works on is more or less open source software. Bitcoin is like that. Bitcoin is an open source project. Anyone can verify the code. Anyone can improve upon it. Anyone can propose it. And only the user themselves decides what they want to adopt. That and that's a very not, robust process. That does not for, create any value in the Bitcoin itself. It does create value because it is a, it, 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 it's effectively think about it as if we've discovered a new element similar to gold, but scarcer than gold, harder to produce than gold, but that comes with a built-in you know, chemical property inside it where you can click a button on it and it'll fly halfway around the world in under an hour. But you might not think that that is valuable, but a lot of people do. It's, but it's not similar to gold in any way that means anything. It doesn't It's have only to... similar in the monetary properties, which no, is what matters. I, yes, no. gold will make better cufflinks. You no, win gold, that war. You're going to totally monopolize the no, market uh, for cufflinks. Gold, gold never would have become money but for all those other characteristics that Bitcoin lacks. You know, in order I doubt that. In fact, if you read no, what Mises no, says, he no, says that gold's industrial me. properties are actually a hindrance for it playing its monetary no. role. Order, a better money would not have industrial supply and demand, no. and it would just purely reflect the time of travel, no. the rate of time of preference. No, it in, would just be purely you, monetary in order, good. In order for you to pretend that Bitcoin has value, you have to pretend that other commodities have no value, which really undercuts your argument. But let me ask you this. So let's say right now the price of Bitcoin is about 8,000, right? Let's say it drops to 1,000 mm -hmm. from here, right? Don't you think there's going to be a problem with all the people who have bought it at 20,000, 18,000, 15,000, 10,000, 5,000? People who are- Yes, they're going to get wrecked. They shouldn't have gone in with a lot of money and they're in their lesson. But, but, but happens to the best of us. Gonna, don't you think it's going to tarnish the appeal? Don't you think people are going to think, you know what? If it went from 20,000 to 1,000, maybe you can go from 1,000 to 100. I don't want any part of it. I don't want to own it. Don't you think that's possible that, that could happen? It is, and that has happened repeatedly. And we've had many big cra crashes in Bitcoin, many bigger than the one that we've had. Right, the but point that was is, you know, people learn we're playing with real money. Look, if somebody no, 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 but the point is, the, as as the size of the money that goes into them grows, the size of these crashes is beginning to decline. Because no, it's not. The last it the is last one went from twenty thousand to three thousand. That's a pretty damn big drop. Yeah, but we've had bigger. We've had ninety plus not, drops. Not, so this one not, is only not eight dollar wise. Not, yeah. not the value. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Can I? Uh, no, no, percentage-wise. All right, so, so I actually- It matter. If somebody guys, loses their lunch money, that's different huh. than losing their-, their, their Oh, the wait a minute. I can't- Yeah, I which can't, is- well, but, 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 oh, can, I just, uh, can I just- I want to answer that. I mean, people should speculate with small amounts of money that they're afraid- that they're ready to have be volatile but, for a very long but, amount of time. But, but the point is, even as people learn those lessons, you know, right, people but, can get burned, but over time, because of the scarcity of it, it's likely that the price continues to go up and it's gone up, you know, 80 million percent in 10 years. So if it's going to yeah. rise and crash, rise and crash, it can't be money. It can't be a store of value. And you don't well, know. Gold, does the, wait a minute. gold and silver do the same thing all the time. Gold not like that. Down not that, not almost, that kind of volatility. Gold is down almost 50% from the top. From its peak. And it took years. Yeah, Bitcoin was down 20% does that make it in it last year. If it, if it falls slower to its ultimate low. The point uh, is, this is, this is a process of market discovery where every day new people are learning about Bitcoin and then they make their bet about whether they think it's going to work or not by buying or not buying. And, and this is going to be volatile. And but the point is, if it continues, it's going to go down. If, no, but if more, but 
most people the supply is stabilizing and if the demand continues to increase then the variations of the demand will if, become smaller but what if and smaller. the demand goes down look the, well the, yeah bitcoin could fail that is still a possibility bitcoin yeah. could fail if people decide no and, and you know in my book you maybe you didn't see this chapter but in my book i say that the most effective way that if governments wanted to kill bitcoin the most effective thing they should do is not ban bitcoin it would be to institute a gold standard i think if they, we go back to a gold standard that's the best shot that they have well that's gonna but happen do, does it Anyway, but and, does that look likely anytime soon? Yeah, it doesn't. Look, if governments don't do it, private enterprise will. I mean, that is the revolution, is that you're able to take gold into the digital age. You don't need to recreate fool's gold. You well, if you think that's the case, and I maybe, maybe I agree with you, but if you think that that is the case, then I think there's a very distinct possibility that governments might be able to ban a gold from gold-based payments. All governments won't do it. And if it's that, not, but, know, but, but no if that- government. Well, as a hedge against that happening, Bitcoin is going to be much better able to resist governments shutting down any kind of system like that. So even if you think that gold is going to collapse, that fiat money is going to collapse and we're going to move to a world of based on gold, still makes sense to take a small punt on but Bitcoin. I'm not saying, me, you know, bet the farm on it, but Bitcoin here's the thing. It's a free comment. market. It's a free market monetary system and it can work. You know, if you're traveling, if you're going around the world, you need to send money. There's a of, uh, there's a you know failure of a banking system somewhere in the world bitcoin can be a very useful alternative and it's um a, a, and you know it's hard money so it's, it's worth it's a not hard money because there's it nothing is. hard about it it has much more in common with fiat currencies than with real money i mean it's it derives its value based on faith it's just that yes i think people are going to value it i think people are going to want it no but there is See, no the way the definition of sound money is that its value is one on the market fiat money is value it has its value is dictated by governments Nobody no 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 you don't have bitcoin okay, so, all right so what if some government declared bitcoin legal tender would that make it fiat money then Nope. If they go declare gold legal tender, does that make it fiat money? No, but Bitcoin. No. Bitcoin, so it doesn't become fiat because it's legal tender. What makes it fiat is that its value is basically confidence. Yes, the government can help instill. No, what makes it fiat is the fact that the government enforces transactions with it at a certain rate. Fiat no, no. money is enforced by government. You no, have no. to pay taxes and you have you, to ta pay taxes yes. with it. You have to pay your taxes in dollars. But if I wanted to set up a store and just accept payments in gold, that's legal. I can do it if I want to. They can't. They can't stop that. But I mean, people are do that in that. Bitcoin as well. Well, but you couldn't price anything in Bitcoin. The Bitcoin price is volatile on a daily basis. You know, most companies work on a small margin, and Bitcoin. Yeah, that's is true. Price that's true and 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 you know it's still a very early stage for bitcoin for people to be using you know pricing their goods and services because you know they have they, well, they have tight never, margins never as you say. you'll never but, have this ability no but i mean if you have a small if you have within your business you know if you have a small cash balance in bitcoin that you use to settle payments internationally over time this can become more and more useful and you have more and more of a margin to play around with that money and to settle payments with well, it. Well, if you happen to catch it, you know, before a rally, but if you if you establish that position before a collapse, I mean, it's obviously not, it's going to be a big problem. If you put some liquidity into in a Bitcoin. Yeah, but you see, the point back. is because it is hard, because nobody can make more of the Bitcoin supply because the supply is fixed. The, no, the, the supply is, is growing. I mean, 
Yeah, but well, yeah, but the appreciation is in ten years, it's gone up about eighty million percent, which is no joke. Nothing has ever gone up this much this fast ever in human history. <laughs> Nothing, not no. Company. Well, yeah, this you're correct. This may be the biggest bubble that we've ever experienced, bigger than the South Sea bubble, the Mississippi. The bubble. point is, it could still lose ninety nine percent of its value from where it is today, and it would still be up more than anything ever. Well, no, not if well, not if well, not years. if it crashes all the way back down to where it's started, which ultimately is where I think it's going. I mean, you may want to dismiss all of the forks, Bitcoin Classic, Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV, Bitcoin Gold. Yeah, they all don't add up to 5% of Bitcoin. They don't add up to the market value of them is, is less than It doesn't 5%. matter because intrinsically, there's no difference between them and Bitcoin. I mean, there's a difference between gold and every other metal. No, intrinsically, metal. that's exactly like saying intrinsically, there's nothing different between gold and tungsten. They're yes, all there metals. Is. No, there's the same. It's just like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. It's the same no, thing. There is no, there's not. There's not try. You know, you know, try putting copper in your teeth. They don't make fillings. Try try you know, putting Bitcoin Cash in my Bitcoin node. You, you, it you, won't you, work. I no, won't but, accept. But it. That doesn't matter. I'm talking about other uses. Like you mentioned, the cell phone. My cell phone. No, the other there's uses are irrelevant to the monetary Why use case. Other metals. Why do they use gold as a conductor? Why don't they use other metals? Why do they, they use, use copper? They don't work as well. They're they not, use all they, sorts of metals for all sorts of things. Doesn't make them gold, good money. They, they Silver has gold. many more industrial uses than gold, and it's not better money than gold. It's irrelevant how many industrial uses you have. In no, fact, the more that. you have of it, that means that the more that the market for the good is determined by the industrial supply and demand, and rather than the monetary supply and demand, which is as based a, on time preference. A perfect no, monetary good, an no, ideal monetary good, good, as Mises look, describes it, would as, just look, have its value that dependent on you, time preference. Dave, as you said yourself, Money came out of barter. Barter was exchanging one valuable good for another. Money is simply a good that can be exchanged for all goods. You even mentioned, you know, cigarettes served as money uh, in World War II. Why? Because you could smoke them, even if you didn't smoke No, because them. they were scarce. No, but because, they, because people wanted to smoke them. If they would, no, if because they were scarce. Because people, even people who didn't smoke could use them because they were one thing that was verifiably no, scarce in prison. Were, because there was an actual demand. This is People, this is like when the Keynesians start telling us what uses gold. No you can't eat gold. It's not about eating. You can't eat government bonds either. It's not a dietary thing. Look, it's not about uh, industrial uses, and it's not about uh, no. dietary uses. Money Look, is a separate good. It nonsense. doesn't have to be good at being food. In in order to accept this nonsense, you have to close your eyes to everything rational, all the logic. It's like you have to accept it like a religion, and you have to tune out all the actual facts so that you can you know, perpetuate this idea, this theory, that, that nothing can somehow be something, that a group of people can decide collectively that something with no value has value, and that that perception is never going to change over time, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, people are always deciding that things that have no value have value. Oil will no, have no not. value, and then a bunch of people decided to put it in engines, and they then everyone else. Anything. They needed the point it. Is, no, 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 no. They, yeah, they used it for an engine, and it worked. And because that gave them an economic edge, others copied them. That's what happening with Bitcoin. So you no, can. You don't. I don't mean denial about it, but this is the reality. People who oh, are able yeah, to use yeah, Bitcoin yeah. are able I'm, to have better money. It's better technology. It's not yeah. better. It's uh, inferior. It's guys, inferior. guys, 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 guys. Okay, let's uh, let, let's uh, let's regroup uh, a little bit. I wanna I wanna throw in a little bit of my two cents in here. Um, I just wanna mention to Peter, I have been denominating my services in Bitcoin for three years now. Uh, I've been charging 0.1 Bitcoin consulting rates, uh, workshops, and I've been taking the volatility risk because I believe in Bitcoin. So it's possible, may not be smart, 
but it is possible. Um, well, does so, your landlord take his rent in Bitcoin? Does your grocery store take Bitcoin or? No, I have to convert. I have to start yeah, so, to convert. Yeah, now, now, Bitcoin went up way too far, way too fast. People got over exuberated. They thought Wall Street was coming in, whatever reason. Uh, when things go up too high, too fast, they tend to overshoot to the downside. You know that. Uh, that happens to all markets. Now, the other thing I want to throw at you, Peter, and I want you, uh, uh, I want you to comment on it. Uh, my, um, I do believe that Bitcoin does have underlying value. And, the, and here are the two properties of Bitcoin that give me its underlying value that never existed before. One is the concept of unconfiscatability, is the fact that my gold could be confiscated and metal detectors have made it so much easier to do so. Uh, the government has no idea how much Bitcoin I have because it's in my brain. And therefore, Bitcoin is the only thing I own that if my house gets raided tomorrow, uh, they cannot confiscate it if my gold is sitting at gold money and uh, the government declares me to be you know, a really bad person. They can probably go and get that confiscated. I believe that Bitcoin is the only thing humans have ever owned of value. And yes, you guys have debated the concept well, of whether value. it has value or not. Again, is, that is that's the, my problem. But you know, most people that own Bitcoin, though, they have it on an exchange, they have it in a wallet somewhere, and the government can confiscate that. They have confiscated. Oh, agreed. And, agreed. and it's not just the government. Agreed. People are stealing it. People have stole. People have had their Bitcoin stolen, and then they're gone. And and, agreed. and you know, People can. Agreed. People are going to have more sophisticated ways of hacking into exchanges and wallets, and the theft of your, you know, is real. I mean, people could. It's easier to steal Bitcoin maybe than if I have gold buried in the yard. I mean, unless you, you know, unless you know exactly where it is, it's pretty hard to come and get it. But it's people, also much harder to spend to yeah, send that gold halfway around the world, and that's just the feature of it. That's the other problem. Easily, the that can be easily stolen. Right, right. So, Peter, so, so that's one property. The, the one property is the fact that, yes, you have to protect it. You have to hold it yourself, not in a Bitcoin bank. You have to be, take your, your yeah, but own then you can't use it. Series. What are you going to do with it if you just have it on a piece of paper? The only way you can give it to somebody is you've got to give them that piece oh, of paper. Oh, no, I can still spend it. There's other ways besides paper that I can Yeah, I, I, I want to get back to that point. It actually, told then, when, 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 when Peter this. was talking about my book, I think the, the point that I'm trying to make is that, you know, it, it's not that, you know, Bitcoin is going to be – um, locked up. It's, you know, uh, and we're not going to be using Bitcoin. It's just that the Bitcoin transactions on chain themselves, they're going to be limited to, you know, a specific amount uh, number, but the other transactions will be Bitcoin transactions. They just won't be recorded on the ledger. So how do you validate it? How do you know they're legit? People well, are... that's, that's the technology that people are working on things like lightning network, which allow you to essentially open channels in the same way that the gold standard effectively work, that you put your gold at a bank and the bank has that gold there. And then they set. Yes, but that's what I said in the beginning. The minute you go back to a third party custodian, you might no, as well. But there is no third party. No, but this is, the thing there's that's no third party involved in this it's a security model that's different so at at its most centralized layer bitcoin will still have tens of thousands of effectively nodes that are like central banks that can only clear payments internationally but can't affect the monetary policy that's the key thing so yeah the, the, the maybe there will be exam there will be risks involved in the second layer transactions but these are going to be the less expensive transactions that are going well, to how be do you know though i mean if, if you think bitcoin does all this great stuff 
How do you know that something better won't come along that can do even greater stuff? I don't understand. Something how better can be built on top of Bitcoin. I mean, this is like why saying, you know, why would they have to build it on Bitcoin? Why don't why they? Would they why would why wouldn't you do the same thing about the internet? Look, the internet is already there as a, a universal protocol for the transfer of data. Bitcoin is there as a universal protocol. No, for the I mean, transfer of why didn't they? Why so, didn't they build Facebook on top of MySpace? You know, I mean, I don't, I mean, no, they built Facebook on top of the internet. There, but there, not there's on top a limit of to analogies. We can't but just, not keep... on, Bitcoin is not the internet. You don't need, yes, I it is. Still have a crypto Bitcoin product. is a protocol. It's the same way that the protocol of the internet is TCP IP on the, that protocol for data exchange. You can have all kinds of data go along, but that's the basic protocol. Bitcoin is the equivalent of that. Bitcoin is an no, open but, source protocol for exchanging value. But anybody, but anybody can replicate that. that. Add, I mean, I Bitcoin basically gives us the base infrastructure level for movements of value. On top of that, you can add well, different The only kinds thing of you're moving is your Bitcoin. Whether you're moving value or not depends on the market price. Depends on how much people value Bitcoin. That's what the market decides. Letters and numbers, that you're not moving real value. You're, you, that's where the perception comes in. Bitcoin only has the value that people want to perceive that it has. because Everything only has the value that people want to perceive that they have. Yeah, huh? everything is dependent on people's no, perception. No, everything yes. is not like that. Everything is like that. that actually have uh, value that is real because of the things that they are used for. Just because something, just because oil wasn't valuable until people discovered a use for it, doesn't mean that the use that it has now is subjective. And you know, yes, it, it is subjective. Like, it's subjective because it's dependent on our understanding of it. No, it's not about my understanding. It's reality. You reality know, is shaped in you have your mind. It's in your understanding. I can't believe I'm arguing this with you. Do you, have you even read Karl Menger? Subjective value, all theory is va all value is subjective. It okay, so I, somebody could just say subjectively, I don't need any water, and then they can die of thirst. Is that what you're saying? Yep. And someone could say, I don't need air, and I'm just going to die of suffocation because I decided that the value of air was subjective, and I decided not to breathe. Is no, but the yes, they, they've they've made right. a mistake, oh, and they're going to pay the price for it. I would say, but, but that's not but, subjective but, value but, yeah. then. But the value, but the value of water without something, there's no, no, no. You're talking about the physical, the, the, the physiological value. We're talking about economic value. These are completely different concepts. No, I, value, I have no economy if I'm dead. The I mean, value, the, exactly. but the value of water is subjective. There are Does food have value. There are there are parts. Of, I mean, there are parts of the world where water is free, right? If you're but that doesn't mean it has no value just because it has no price. You need it. That's well, the point. The, it's not subjective. I mean, look. Somebody, look, it, it, you could take a certain piece of music. Now, some people might listen to music and find it has no value because it, uh, they don't enjoy it, while other people could like it. So there's where you might have an idea that uh, one type of music can have value to some people and not other people. But the general concept of music or entertainment, that has value. But just because not everybody is entertained by the same thing doesn't mean what you're saying, the value of entertainment is subjective. Everybody wants to be entertained they just may prefer a different type of entertainment. No, but there are people out there who don't want to be entertained, but that's not the point. There are people who don't want to be entertained. They don't value it. We're yes, human. there are. We get bored. You should hang out we with some of the boring terror. people I know. Right, I want to. I want to bring up one more. Uh, I want to bring up one more uh, intrinsic value of Bitcoin, and this is what I will also want you guys to discuss: uh, the fact that with Bitcoin and even with the second layer Lightning that does allow you. To, to transfer small amounts of Bitcoin, uh, which I believe will be the future of, of payments, uh, without a middleman, 
this property of being censorship resistant value transfer. Even if we go to a gold standard, there will always be a middleman. Unless Peter, unless you are with someone in person, you will always, that transaction will always be subject to potential censorship by governments and Bitcoin has been able to break that censorship, the money laundering laws, all of those, all of those other censorship in transactions, Bitcoin has been able to break that. Do you not see value? Do you not see that as intrinsic value of the Bitcoin network? Well, look, if there really was a way to circumvent all of the government rules and regulations and really transact in a way that was outside of government, there, I could see a value in that. The problem would be that you know the the, the lack of store of value in Bitcoin and what it's worth, but that does not exist. That that what's happening in Bitcoin is not escaping the attention of of authorities. There there are is lots of regulation. I mean, try to open up an account now. I mean, everybody is getting your driver's license, your utility bills. The IRS is getting 1099s. People are getting audited. The government is tracking. That's not Bitcoin. That's getting uh, regarding their use into of the Bitcoin. exchange. But you don't need the exchange to get into Bitcoin. Excuse me. That's not for signing up to Bitcoin. For Bitcoin, you need you don't need any of that stuff. And in fact, here's the thing: like if they if they do impose more restrictions, if there's more restrictions that your bank is telling you you can't buy Bitcoin, you can't sign up for exchanges, they shut down those exchanges. Then all the demand that is going towards Bitcoin legally right now through these channels, well, not all of it, but some of it is going to be channeled towards Bitcoin. In fact, it's going to amplify the demand for Bitcoin as an alternative, because if you live in a situation in a country where government has so much control that they can tell you that you can't spend your money on magical Internet money, then, you know, might be useful to get yourself some magical internet money just in case one day they decide you can't spend yeah, but your, you but you even say your, yourself, your, your, I mean, your if, bank money on food for instance if or something. one country allow if one country goes back on a gold standard or if one country allows their businesses to issue private digital currency backed by gold now you have a real world world alternative uh you have the ability you have but you don't. I mean, why hasn't this stuff happened in the last 50, 60 years? Because every attempt at doing it gets shut down no, because governments don't because want gold had, as a money. We haven't had the technology that we have today. Yeah, we've had it. Plus, no, we didn't have it. We've the, had it for 20 years. We've had the PayPal for 20 years. Why wasn't the PayPal built on top of gold? Many well, have and, tried. And obviously, too, people have confidence in the dollar. People have confidence in the euro. I mean, you do have to find a larger loss of confidence in the fiat system. I mean, that's going to happen eventually, but too many people still have faith. No, but the thing is, the gold, gold and government money, both of them rely on government-based institutions. No, they don't. Or international not rely payment. on government at all. Yes, because gold you're going to need it to value be... independent of government. Well, I'm, I'm not, maybe, may, all right, fine. It, maybe it doesn't rely, but it is vulnerable to it. In no, it's clearance not. with government money or clearance with banks based in gold, you know, there's a vault in Brinks and the government can go in and shut down that vault or take in the gold. So it is vulnerable to attack by government. Bitcoin is far less vulnerable. That's the key. I, I, I would disagree. I mean, I think gold, gold, I think, you know, being in, in a physical form that you can keep away from government, I think the government is easier for the government to control the internet and control your use of the internet uh, than, you know, what you're doing privately where they, they can't track you. I mean, everything you're doing online, the government is tracking. And so they would be able to know if somebody, you know, was buying and selling in cryptocurrency. And, it, you know, and if they made the penalty high enough, you know, if they said, hey, this is treason, if we catch you with this stuff, you know, you have, I mean, they can put the death penalty on it if they want to. 
The point is, the the closer we get to that world, I mean, look, we're very far away from governments going and saying we're going to kill you for using Bitcoin. Because I don't think they care. I think the governments know this thing is going to collapse. And unfortunately... Exactly. And that's why we're going to get a lot of headway on them before they figure out that this thing is... uh, Bitcoin is going to collapse. And it's actually going to make fiat look good. See, this is what's going to happen. Since this is a creature of the free market, a lot of people are going to put their faith in this and they're going to lose a ton of money. And now the government's going to say, we told you, you see, don't trust capitalism. The free market doesn't work. And now they're going to have all sorts of extra regulations because they're going to say, you see, the dollar is great. Well, that's one way of looking at it, Peter. But here's another way of looking at it. Maybe, maybe it's you who is uncharacteristically and for some strange bias that might have to do with your business interest, <laughs> no, it's failing not. to see the fact that this is what the market is producing and that the market doesn't produce bad things. I mean, if you were in the Soviet Union in the 1980s, you'd be telling people, oh, no, stop buying and selling food from each other in the black market because this is not going to work. The government is going to shut us down and then it's going to make free markets look bad for everyone. No, you know what happens? People bought and sold food on the black yeah, market and eventually the national economy collapsed and it was only the, the black market that remained. And maybe we're going to get something like this here. Look, this is going to give the free market a bad reputation because this is actually inferior money to what this government has created, right? It's not inferior. It's limited in its supply. And in the past 10 years, it's appreciated next to government money at around 80 million percent in 10 years. It's kicking gas completely so far. All bubbles appreciate on the way up. You know, how's it doing since 20,000? How's it done since its peak? And if that's the new trend, if the highs are going to be lower and the lows are going to be lower, then we're, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are going to continuously depreciate. No, like but Peter, you're just being completely unreasonable here. We always get higher lows, and that's the point. That's the no, thing. That's why know, Bitcoin is different. How do you know that the high is not in? How do you know that Bitcoin is never going above 20000 I'm not. I'm not – I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, again, it is speculative. I don't know what's going to happen with the price. But That's overall, can't be money too. I mean, you can't, I you can't look at something that has gone up 80 million percent and assume it's just going to go to zero over next weekend. Well, you no, have I to at least go to zero. Peter, Peter, you I have, have to be open to the possibility that this thing is going to be sticking around for a while. I was quite skeptical for a long time. I was quite skeptical of Bitcoin for a very long time. And I still, you know, the case for Peter, I have a question for you. If the government does adopt the gold standard, what do you think that would do to the price of gold per ounce? Well, it would go up. It has to. I mean, in order to go back to a gold standard, and I believe we will. You know, what we're doing now is the exception to the rule. When Nixon took us off the gold standard in 1971, he said it was temporary. Now, he was right, but it just was a lot longer period than than he probably imagined. But when the United States went off the gold standard, we took the entire world off the gold standard because at the time the world was on the dollar standard and the dollar was backed by gold. So the world trusted us to keep our promise and we basically screwed everybody. But ever since we've done that, we've created this ridiculous you know, bubble internationally and all these macroeconomic imbalances and all the problems you really can be traced back to this bad decision. Agreed. And, and you know why? Let me, because I mean, we've monetized. Me, yeah, sorry. We're, we're going to have a monetary crisis. And then the world is going to go back to a gold standard, one way or another. And then, how, how is it? Well, Peter, Peter, on a gold standard, there's no reason for these cryptocurrencies. Peter, because on a gold standard, money. On a gold standard, like you just said, if the world goes to a gold standard, the price of one ounce of gold goes through the roof. How do you find? How do you? How do you make gold the unit of account? This is one of your arguments for Bitcoin. Where? At which point will there be stability in the price of gold? 
Well, because once once you stop the presses, right, the, the idea behind being on a on gold standard is governments can't create money out of thin air, right? Governments have to raise taxes and collect gold. So what happens is gold moves up and then finds a new equilibrium of the price of gold relative to the price of wheat, the price of oil, the price of copper, all the other commodities kind of repriced and they get set. And now you have a stable money supply that grows very slowly over time and you have governments that you know live within their means. Like if you look at how the US operated under a gold standard, you can look at the CPI in 1800 and it was 100. And in 1900, it was at 50. So under 100 years of a gold standard, prices of other goods relative to gold gradually declined. They lost 50% of their value over 100 years. So you have a rather slow and steady uh, appreciation of the value of money, which is what you want, because that encourages savings, which encourages investment and all the things that we need to, to grow our standard of living. So that's fine. The only reason you've seen these crazy fluctuations in the price of gold is because we've debased our money. We just print all this money. And so it's really not gold going up. It's fiat currencies. Right, but Bitcoin, but Bitcoin has the same Bitcoin, property. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the same for Bitcoin. It's no, the same it's as Bitcoin. Same Bitcoin. Yeah, it's the same. We only have 21 Bitcoin million Bitcoin. It's just fiat it's currencies good. that are value, that are changing in value all the time. No, Bitcoin has no value. It's, just, it's all based on what people want to pay for it. Everything's no value is based on what no, people want to pay for it. No, it's not. We're getting back to the same old argument. You say it is value. That's ridiculous. The only thing that has no value is Bitcoin. That's what you can't see. Everything else has value. The question is, what's that value? What's the price? But Bitcoin Peter, doesn't You don't have see it. the value, but a lot of people do. I mean, at this point, look, if yeah, I- Yeah, they're, they're wrong. People yeah, well, if I, if, I told you, if I told you I'd send you 10 Bitcoin value. right now, you would accept Tulip. them, right? 10 Bitcoin is about $80,000. You would not say no to 10 Bitcoin, right? No, no, because I can sell them to somebody who's dumb uh -huh. enough to buy it. So there you go, you that, accept that, that's them. Not, they're not always gonna be there. There's Why do you accept dollars? Why do you accept gold? Why do you accept anything else? Because you can accept, you think that you can sell it. It's a speculative but, move. I, well, the point well, is, well, Bitcoin is highly speculative, but it has rewarded years. people who have taken on Why would they stop? I'm sorry? People have valued gold for thousands of years. Why would they stop now? Well, I don't think they're going to stop. Of course, all right. gold well, is people, always going to be right, valuable. So it's I, always going to be I can valuable. accept gold. But I have no idea if people are going to want Bitcoin in the future. I mean, they didn't want it 10 years ago because it didn't exist. And I don't know that they're going to want it 10 years from now because people may have lost confidence in it completely. Or maybe there's some other cryptocurrency that they like better. And then they buy that. But I mean, yeah, but, but, I mean this is you could say the same thing about the Internet. You know, I'm not going to use no, email not. now because I don't know if this Internet thing is going to work. Maybe no. someone's going to build a nicer Internet. And then, you know, I would have gotten right, but my I'm not, Gmail but that accounts mean, but for you're nothing. You're not asking people to own part, part of the Internet. Look. I, I used to own a cell phone in the 1980s, right? I mean, would I buy that cell phone today? Of course not. I mean, it was like a big brick and it cost a lot of money, but I did not buy it. But if people said, hey, buy this cell phone because it's so great and invest your money in it, it's lost all of its value because people came up with better cell phones that were smaller and, and, and had longer battery life. But I, again, you continue to mistake Bitcoin for a product. You think it's Coca-Cola. It's not Coca-Cola. It's a protocol. Yeah, no, it's I a protocol. It's like the internet. There's not going to be a better, be newer internet. The internet does the, the job internet. of moving data around and the Bitcoin protocol does the job of moving value around because it's solved. But there, it's no, it's just problems that are needed around. It just moves yes, it Bitcoins does. around. Whether or not they have value depends on if anybody wants the Bitcoin. Uh, exactly. Right now, 
people want. But you have to come to terms up. with the fact that people do. That's it. They people want it do. because they, know, they don't need your permission to value it, and they don't need your permission to accept it. People are holding millions and billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin, and you know you can continue to be in denial on it. But you know, here's the honest question you have to ask yourself: At what price of Bitcoin? At what size of Bitcoin will you admit you were wrong? Like if we get to a point where the entire global monetary system, <laughs> there are no other currencies around. And, well, then I guess you know, I'd have to be wrong at that point. I mean, if okay. Bitcoin, All right. What about a week but, before that? Like if we still have 1% of other currencies, but as far what as number price, will you admit that? All right. This thing is here to stay. As far I, as, as the price value. going up, that doesn't invalidate anything I'm saying. I mean, bubbles can get big. As right. the size of the liquidity the pool goes up, though, it does. The more the size of the liquid value of Bitcoin being tra transferred around the world every day, the more of a significant monetary factor this is. So ask yourself, if every day we have $10 trillion of Bitcoin moving people, around every day. When, when, when Bitcoin first started out back in 2010, 11, 12, people who were buying it, by and large, at least the people that I knew back then that were buying it, I, we're really free market, libertarian oriented people that were attracted to, hey, this is a, you know, money that's, you know, not being, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's bypassing the state and we're getting out of fiat currency, you know, but by and large, the people who are buying it today are buying it because they think they're going to get rich. They heard the stories about people who got in when it was $10 or $100 and now they have all this money and now they're convinced that, oh, I can get rich quick too. I can buy it now because it's still the ground floor and it's going to go to 100000 a coin, a million dollars a coin. So the demand, the reason that people think it's valuable is because people think they're holding the winning lottery ticket and so they want it. But if I'm right and the price goes back down, maybe goes to 1000 goes below 1000 more horror stories come out about all the people who lost money, all the people who borrowed against their house, took out loans against their credit cards and wiped themselves out. All of a sudden, the stories of rags to riches go from stories from riches to rags. It's got a bad reputation. It's tarnished. Nobody sees it as an easy ticket to riches anymore. And the demand is gone. And yeah, it, it, so it's, it's, I agree with you. And that's why, you know, I've always maintained a price below which I would consider that Bitcoin had failed. And I'd always had a price above price? which I'd consider Bitcoin succeed. So, you know, for me, I thought when Bitcoin crosses $1, that it would be something worth paying attention to. And it really was only after $100 that I admit, okay, this thing can work. Well, is so there a price? I'll tell you this. Here's the thing. Yeah, there is a price. If Bitcoin drops below $500, I think it's likely to fail, probably. So if it goes, Security well, that's your stop. That's where your stop loss is. So if Bitcoin goes below 500, you'll sell I all would the say so. Somewhere around that range is when I think Bitcoin is probably okay. going to be, you know, it's at a security risk of failing. And I think it, it, the damage that you mentioned might be too large. But, by that is but here's the flip late. side. You I have mean, to answer the late. other question. At what price do you admit that this thing is not going away? If, well, if, if Bitcoin is at $80,000, meaning that we have 10 times as much liquidity in For Bitcoin me, around the world today. It's, if Bitcoin is worth about a trillion dollars around the world, would you admit well, that you this know, is you now- know what you really need to see? You need to see all the other altcoins go away. You need to see. Don't worry about that. I think we, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna look. We're not gonna see them all go away. We're gonna see them individually go away, and then just because, as and long you as you know, see, intelligence is is on. distributed in humanity, so there you will always be see, a lower tail that falls you, for these wait, scams. But we're gonna to get see, new ones. Let me finish. With it. You need to see the price stabilize. You need to see people buying it, not expecting the price to go up, but just expecting the price to be stable. Right, just to hold its value, not gain in value, and then you need to see uh, relationships develop 
between Bitcoin and other commodities so you can determine whether it's over or underpriced. You need to see you know, things you know, denominated in Bitcoin, uh, all, you know, prices in Bitcoin, contracts in Bitcoin, insurance policies, bonds. This whole thing has to happen in order for it to be money. I, you know, so if all right, that stuff gold, happens, gold like, has the same but I just can't see that gold ever happening. But Bitcoin gold, needs to gold grow first. Needs the same thing. Bitcoin needs to grow first. Bitcoin I, I needs to get another 10, 20, 30x. It's going to crash first. It's not going to, it's not going to succeed. Maybe. No, and I think, listen, I mean, if there's, you know, it, it, I, I, I've written this in my work after the book, and I speculate on Bitcoin's future. And I think, you know, if governments improve their monetary policy, and, if, you know, if we go back to something like monetary policy and banking laws of the 19, uh, you know, the late 19th century, we have something like the gold standard, I would expect that this would severely undermine demand for Bitcoin and would crash the price and would cause problems. However, I don't see that happening anytime soon. And I don't see us jeopardizing the real drivers of demand for Bitcoin, which is that people don't have a liquid store of value that they can expect to hold on to value for uh, across time, well, and because, also that they can send that they can send around gold, the world without going open up a gold money. You account. can't you you can't send gold around the world in forty yes, minutes. You can send your own. You admit you admitted you have a gold money account. You could take some of your gold and send it to me. I'm in Puerto Rico. You could send it to me. You don't have to physically ship Not it. a lot of people are in Puerto Rico, but you know, but, for the but majority, you can send it, your gold. You don't have to is, fly it look, over here. If, if you see the use case for gold money, and like, uh, but this is this is really the difference between us. I see the case for that, and I see the case for Bitcoin. You're irrationally biased against Bitcoin. It's not irrational. That, you know, you're in, it you're irrationally irrational. biased in favor of Bitcoin. That's where no, I used to be a skeptic, and I've come around because I've seen it grow. And I think here's the thing: the the the, the here's ultimately what we have to think of is this way: the the economic incentive mechanism that are built around Bitcoin in which the miners spend an enormous amount of resources in order to validate. They the, waste those to, resources. Huh? <laughs> they waste those resources. It's not a waste. I think, you know, it, no, I, I can't think gold, of a better use of electricity element. than having a hard no, monetary standard. Like if we have a hard money, having a hard money, which is what we have thanks to Bitcoin, it might end up consuming about half of all the electricity that we produce on the world. That's and it would be yeah, a, that's a waste. Can no, it's not a waste. That's absolutely not a waste. Your money? It's the other half that's a waste. The one oh, half is giving us hard money. It's, much money. it's saving us from government control of money and government the, control the good of... Thing, one of the good things about gold is once you mine it out of the ground, it's here forever. You don't have to expend any more energy. Once you yes, you do. Out, There's cost of storage. Got it. You got it forever. No, you have to store gold. There's that's a cost see, of storage. Compared to the electricity that is going to be expended to maintain the Bitcoin network, storing gold is a small price to pay for sound money, limited government, and all the prosperity that flows. But that's, you know, uh, Peter, this is this is like saying, well, you know, the, the car is never going to catch on because it consumes more energy than a horse. Every new technology consumes more energy than the primitive technologies, and that's yeah, but, why it's better, because it burns energy works, instead of burning human people, time, so it saves us our time. How many people People are still driving the Model T. Yours, for all you know, Bitcoin is the Model T of cryptocurrencies. Like no one's going to invent a. No, better it's product. not a product. Again, you're changing the point. You're, you're changing the, the. You're going back to this. No, but but the, the point ultimately. What is it then? <laughs> what is what? What is Bitcoin? You're saying it's not a product. It's not a commodity. It's, it's a protocol. It's it a protocol. So how does that protocol have trillions of dollars of value? Because What's people choose to value it. So, uh, uh, yes, you, you, you knocked me off what the point that I was making is that this idea of building, uh, spending all of that electricity on producing these verifiably scarce digital goods will only be well, valuable. Scarce. 
No, they are. But here's the thing: it's not They're for you to decide. It's the markets that decide. As long as, as long as gold we... is scarce because God made it scarce. <clears> hang on, hang There's on. Nothing we can do about it. There's Peter, not that the, much of it. Ultimately, ultimately, what determines this thing is the market's judgment. And as long as, here's what we need to admit as economists, as long as the market continues to dedicate resources towards making more of these Bitcoin mines and more and more people are holding and buying and transferring and using the Bitcoin around the world, then the market is passing a judgment that says this has a place compared to along For with now. or maybe in ahead of the other alternatives. So it is eating at the market share of the other alternatives. And well, in 10 years, I, it's gone yes, up right as now, far again, more than any, anyone could have expected. You, and, you, you know, if it has, if it, if it continues to go like this, it, it, it's, sorry, but it is not your place to say this is valueless. It's well, the market that's deciding burning and wasting all that energy is a better use than using government shitcoins. Safe. There is no question that the bubble has gotten much bigger than I believe they could have gotten years ago. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not going to argue with the fact that I could have a lot more wealth today had I loaded up on Bitcoin when I first heard about them. And who knows when I would have sold along the way, but I would have had plenty of opportunities to make a lot of money. And so clearly, you know, I missed out on profiting from that, from that bubble. It won't be the first bubble uh, that I didn't participate in. But you even mentioned in your book the concept of malinvestments. And malinvestments happen when you have a bubble and gen generally created by a central bank and cheap money. And ironically, I think the crypto bubble has its roots in the cheap money policies of the Fed. For sure. For an alternative to. But you have all it's these the antidotes, though. And that's what's going on in Bitcoin. You have a misallocation of resources. People are betting on something that's not going to happen. So they're building all this infrastructure around a vision of the future that's not going to turn out to be true. Just like a lot of people during the dot-com era, they were building up all these companies, you know, pets.com, whatever, because they believed that all these companies were eventually going to make a profit and they believed wrong. And so all the investment that went around them turned out to be malinvestment. And I think yeah. the same thing is true regarding the investment that's going around uh, all of these uh, irredeemable fiat digital currencies that have been issued. You know, I, I agree with you. We just dis I agree with you on all of them except one. I think the malinvestment is every single one of them because they're all, uh, you know, interchangeable with one another and worthless, uh, except for Bitcoin. And I think you so know. But how, so you say all those currencies are worthless except for Bitcoin. What's the difference? I the mean, difference is here. There are several differences. The difference. What? The first one is that one of them is a neutral protocol, whereas all the other ones are effectively private companies controlled. So by what? What stops somebody else from issuing a neutral protocol? I mean, what? What stops somebody else? What stops them from being able? To, how? How can you issue something? How can you create a Frankenstein that you don't control? That's the problem. So once Bitcoin is well, there, you know, you've already copied Bitcoin's design. If you introduce a copy of Bitcoin's design, Bitcoin, because it's been around for several years before you, is far more secure. It has far more liquidity and it is far more robust and it is far more expensive to attack than your coin. And so therefore, Bitcoin always have a first mover advantage that anybody who wants to use it as a neutral protocol can use it because it also never had an... Always win. No, but it's, it's not because it's the first mover. Hang on, Peter. The point Wait, is I mean, that the, the guy who built Bitcoin let it stand on its own and he disappeared. Since then, anybody who wants to use it as a neutral protocol can join it. It has room for anybody who wants to use it. It has no room for anyone who wants to control it. And it has given everybody who wanted to control it you don't think a the massive, miners have massive hernia. You don't think huh? all these nameless miners all around the world have some type of control over what's going on? 
No, the miners in Bitcoin absolutely don't control it. The miners in Bitcoin are the slaves of the network. They're not in charge of it. They make massive investments and their investments are dependent on them being able to sell the blocks to the Bitcoin network according to the rules of consensus that are determined by the consensus, but by the nodes of the network, not by the yeah. miners. So the and miners are in no position to, to impose. All that at great cost, you have to maintain that. Somebody, I mean, exactly. You know, so We're building something that central banks can't stop. It's not going to be cheap and it's not going to be easy, but it's worth it. No, somebody will come up with a better way of doing it, a cheaper way, a more efficient way to say that it, this is going to always be like that. You know, it, it's just, we it, have a cheaper way of doing it. It's called fiat money. It doesn't work. We need this expensive way like gold. Money doesn't work. Gold has to be expensive to mine. If we found a way of better. making gold mining cheap, if you could mine an ounce of gold for one cent, Gold would stop being useful as money. Now, go, go, well, if you can mine it for that cheap, it wouldn't be scarce. It'd be, it'd be all over the place. Exactly. The it's so expensive to so mine. So that's why we need to so spend all of that energy on Bitcoin. The that's why but, we need to spend all that energy on Bitcoin. No, but it's, we spend a lot less money on gold than we would on Bitcoin. For Bitcoin yeah, it's a more primitive technology. It would be even more expensive. Exactly. And, and, but it's not even going to work because it can't be a store of value. And if it's not going to be a store of value, it can't be a medium of a deferred payment. And if it can't function as money, it can't function as currency, it can't function as anything. You know, all if the it market, can be is speculative. If the market is choosing it. it now. No, first of all, all money is a speculative asset because all. No, it's not supposed to be. Yes, it is. It's supposed to be. It's supposed no. to be the absence of speculation. Money not quite. No, there's no such thing as the absence of speculation because when you move your money from anything to anything, it is a speculative act. You speculate in. It's every not move. supposed to be. But I agree. The central. No, bank no, it is the safety of money because it no longer has any real value because it's no, no backed by gold. Okay, no, no, hang on, hang on. Even over time. Even in a pure gold economy, holding gold is a speculative activity. Holding money is a speculative activity. You're always making a speculation it's about it. It's, it yes, well, it's better than the alternative use that you could have for money. Things. But most people aren't using gold as money. Central banks hold it as reserves, and, and people use it as a store of value. But people are not using it as everyday money for transactions. They could, and they will in the future, but they're not right now because they still have confidence in the, the, the major central banks' fiat currencies. But if we start to go through very rapid inflation, if we start to see QE4, we get 0% rates again, and we start to see double-digit inflation, even as measured by the CPI, we start to see a loss of confidence in the dollar. Believe me, people are going to start using gold more as money because it's going to work better because it will be a more of a no if if it does out. come to that governments are going to ban any way for you to use and the spend and mom and, not and, going and to use do it. gold the world. yes they are and it's very and easy it's for them not to going do it to work gold, and it's much harder for them to do it with bitcoin and that's why bitcoin is valuable it's a form of money that takes the clearance the international clearance of payment it puts it outside the control of government if you can't see the value in that if you as a libertarian can't see the value in a technology that makes international clearance something that is just a matter of a press of a well, button you're talking about the value of transferring nothing transferring nothing from one person to another if you had a way of transferring actual value but you're not you're just transferring the fantasy of value you're just transferring a string of letters and numbers and saying that it has value why because we all want to believe it has value but what can you do with it nothing it, there's, there's you can no send it around the world to but other people who value it that. And we're just growing in number, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can keep shouting at us, this thing has no value, but we're growing. I, I think it's time to wrap this up. I, I, I lose money. 
I, mean, I think it's time to wrap this up. We've been going on for a little over an hour. I'll let you guys just take two to three minutes. Uh, just give your closing thoughts without interruption. Um, and you're just uh, sum it all up for us. Uh, well, Peter, I'll let you go first, uh, then safe. And then uh, I think everyone knows where to find your work. All of your links are in the video description, links to your books, uh, links to your websites and uh, stuff like that. So Peter, closing thoughts, uh, give us uh, no more than three minutes. Yeah, well, you know, a long time ago, there were people called the alchemists. And, you know, the alchemists believe that they can create gold. And they failed. They weren't able to do it. And so now you have modern-day alchemists who think they've reinvented the wheel, that they have gold 2.0 in Bitcoin. And, you know, it's not going to work. Just like, you know, every other, you know, false prophet, this is fool's gold. But there is an allure here because a lot of people who got into Bitcoin early on made a lot of money. Some on paper, some have cashed out and made a lot of money and they bought their Lambos. Uh, but now you have other people who think that we're going to the moon and they think they're going to get a Lambo too. So you have a huge speculative mania. But to me, this is nothing more than like a self-generating Ponzi scheme. It's a pump and dump. Ultimately, you're going to have a lot of people who are holding the bag because in order for anybody to make money in Bitcoin, they need to sell. If you want to buy your Lambo or anything else, you've got to get rid of your Bitcoin and you've got to find somebody else who's willing to buy it. And there's a saying about fools, eventually you run out of greater fools and then you're stuck holding the bag. So there's no point in reinventing the wheel, right? Gold has worked for thousands of years and it'll work for thousands more. And a lot of the, the, the problems that uh, SAFE identifies of gold and the inefficient use in using it to buy a cup of coffee or transfer ownership around the world, all those things have actually been solved. Using the internet, using technology, you know, gold is actually better and easier to use as money. Doesn't matter whether governments want to recognize it as money or individuals, because be, people were using money before governments. Gold was money long before governments coined it, right? People were transacting it. And so we don't need government uh, to go back to a gold standard. Individuals are free to transact in gold if they want to. And if gold is more convenient to use, uh, then government fiat people will use it. And companies like gold money, and obviously they're not the only one that can do it, but gold money is a great uh, starting point where you can have gold on deposit and keep it in a vault anywhere in the world. And you can trade it with anybody. You can send it to anybody at just as quickly or easier than you can send your Bitcoin, except there's a difference. You are transferring ownership of something real, uh, something that has actual value, as opposed to simply transferring uh, Bitcoin, which is something created out of thin air, just like fiat money that has value simply based on perception and perception and confidence could go uh, even easier uh, than, 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 it, than it's earned. Well, I mean, uh, I think I, I, I will, uh, I'll just tell you this, your, um, y your pitch on alchemists and gold 2.0 was exactly what I used to say to people until about 2013 and 2014. I, I, I saw this exactly as this same idea that it's just, you know, we've had all thousands of years of people coming up with things that are better than gold and it always works. But I think the distinction with Bitcoin, and this is going back to the issue of electricity, the distinction between Bitcoin and, and these others and why it is different and why I think uh, if, if, you're, if you're going to be intellectually honest, you have to come to terms with the fact that this is different from alchemy and all of these other kinds of scams like fiat money and, you know, John Law's scams and so on. 
because all of these other ones were about producing a new kind of money that was cheap for the producer to make. That's the key thing. It was about making a new easy money. It was about let's do this thing. This, you know, you get a charlatan like Keynes or John Law or um, one of these people who's just, you know, if you listen to what I'm saying and we use this thing that I can make and use it as money, then I can make all of this money and I can get rich and we will all be rich. And, you know, the scam will differ in terms of its details, but at its core, there was always the production of value. Uh, the production of a monetary good at a much lower price than its market value. And that's what Bitcoin has been exactly the opposite of from day one. Every single Bitcoin that has been created and has circulated has come into existence uh, through the market process and its cost of production has been roughly equal to the market price. At every single point, no one ever was able to produce a Bitcoin at a lower cost than the market cost of making a Bitcoin at that time. So Bitcoin is hard money because nobody can just make more of it at a lower cost. And so we've managed over the past 10 years, we've managed to make this asset, this protocol for producing this new digital immaterial, yes, Worthless? No. This immaterial asset, we've managed to produce 18, 17 and a half million of it and have them distributed to millions of people all over the world. And yet none of them, none of these people has the ability to make more of it. None of them has the ability to make something uh, more of it at a lower cost. And so it exists as this standard for transferring value around the world. And it succeeded over the last 10 years and if it can continue to operate and again i you know i don't encourage people to invest heavily in bitcoin i don't think that investing in bitcoin is for everyone i never tell people um in terms of speculation what to do or not but it is something that i think you know a lot of people are benefiting from speculating on and i think there's nothing wrong with that it is a superior technology for doing the, the for, for performing the functions of money because it stores value without allowing anybody to inflate the supply of what you store your value in similar to gold in that regard and so people who speculate on it and do well you know if they continue to do well and it, the price continues to rise you know this isn't something that you can poo poo as oh they're just speculators trying to make money no these are people who were rewarded for taking a correct choice on the market. They bet that this monetary system is going to be better than the alternatives. And in a year or two from now, if that monetary system indeed is better, that's just going to mean that the price of the token that operates on it, the scarce token, is going to have to be higher. So we're going to bootstrap our way to a bigger and more important monetary system through the speculative value rising. So, you know, getting back to the cost of, of production, just because it costs resources to produce something doesn't mean that what you've produced has any value. Uh, no, it's to, the other way around. Oh, absolutely. But and then when you look at the cost of Bitcoin, yes, today to mine a Bitcoin today, it's quite expensive. But the vast majority of the Bitcoins that exist were mined when it was very cheap, right, relative to the current price. So you Not have cool. a lot of money that was created from no value and you have all these whales that are holding on to this Bitcoin that they, they acquired for a fraction of what the current market value is. And those are the guys that are hoping to create something out of nothing. They're trying to get rich uh, by persuading other people that they've invented a new goal, but they haven't. This isn't the new goal. This is fool's goal. Just like I said before, people, you're saying people are betting that there's a new monetary system. That new monetary system hasn't evolved. The people who are buying Bitcoin are still betting that that's going to happen. That hasn't happened. All that's happened is more people are betting on it. Now, those people are wrong, but they're paying a higher price for their ticket. 
And the people who are benefiting are the people who made the bets earlier who can cash out. That's where the benefit comes. Just like any you know, Ponzi scheme, people get in early. You can still make money if you get out before the thing collapses. But ultimately, no, the distinction with the Ponzi scheme is that there's no limit to how many obligations the Ponzi scheme creates to new entrants. And that just increases the claims on the people who are waiting for obligations already. That's how a Ponzi scheme works, like Social Security and so on. But with Bitcoin, the, the, there's, no, there, there's no payment. There's no obligation. There's no return. You hold the Bitcoin. There are no returns on the Bitcoin. So you're just no, buying you have, a fixed you asset. Find, so you, you know, it, if, if Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme, then gold is a Ponzi scheme. No, it's not. Well. Yeah, it's the same thing. No, it's They're not both the same valued thing. on the market. Ultimately, no. your argument uh, boils down to you saying that you there know is. all these people are wrong, and all of this value is wrong, and all of those billions of dollars transferred around the world are actually pretend money that are even, used to, even that exists. Hey, even if nobody wants to hold gold as a store of value, which I doubt that's going to happen, but assume nobody wanted it as a store of value, people are still going to want it in jewelry. People are still going to want it in electronics. People are still going to want it in aerospace and medicine and dentistry. So there's going to be real buying of gold, regardless of whether or not people want to hold onto it as a store of value or use it as money. So I, you, you don't need a new buyer. There's a natural buyer for gold, but that's not the case for Bitcoin. You always need somebody else to believe the price is going to go up. Otherwise, they won't buy it because there's nothing else that you could do for it. All and right, if the guys. price starts falling and nobody wants it, then that's the end of it. All right, guys, we might, we'll have to leave it here. Uh, we can try this again in about six months. Uh, we'll see where everybody stands. Uh, we'll see where the price of Bitcoin is. Uh, maybe it'll be at a new all-time high, and then we, and then we can re-emerge re this discussion. I or still want the price, new... Peter. Think about it. Think about the price at which you admit you're wrong. I want that. <laughs> I told you mine. Price. It's about, it's about function. It's about how the market evolves. And to me, there no, are no it's about price. It's about the size of the liquidity pool. It's a, is a trillion dollar Bitcoin, is a trillion dollar Bitcoin a, a value of Bitcoins in circulation equal to a trillion dollars? Is that enough for you? Well, I, don't, you I personally, my, I personally think that the high is in, but even if we manage to make a new high, but you've thought that before, haven't you? Long, as far as how big the bubble can get, I, I'm willing to concede that it is possible that Bitcoin goes above 20,000. I mean, it's certainly possible. It got there once, so people could be dumb enough to bid it up there again. But I think that it probably won't happen. I think there's probably What's enough- the price at which you will revisit? But you, what, but you say that you're going to let it go down to 500 before you throw in the towel. But I think there yeah. are a lot of people who have a higher stop loss than that. I think there's a lot of people that would give up on it if it went below 3,000, if it went below 1,000. Yeah, a lot of people that are going to buy if it drops to 600. A lot of people are going to be buying a lot if it drops to 600. So I, I, you know, I don't know who's left to buy. I mean, everybody's already, everybody's in. All the people that believe in it, they're all in. I mean, but I mean, listen, Peter, you owe yourself a number at which you will start to revisit this. Like, it can't keep running, and you keep thinking this can't go. Well, that, like, that's you... the idea. You're trying to get the FOMO, right? Oh, you got to buy it because you can't miss out, right? You have to buy it. What if it keeps going up? That that's the greed mentality, the fear of missing oh, God, out. That's why you want to buy it at at the no, low, that's, at six hundred, not too high. Yeah, I mean, listen, the rational thing for you to do is, you, you know, you've already expended so much time and effort and energy into talking Bitcoin down. You have to hedge by owning I'm a little bit. I'm not talking it down. I'm, I'm not <laughs> the price of Bitcoin. But I mean, like if Bitcoin does work out, you've not only, you know, hedged your own name on talking it down and put yourself with the no-coiners like to put that trade on. you're it's also going to be financially 
look, paying a heavy cost. So hedge look, yourself by holding some Bitcoin. Look, the kids in my son's <laughs> high school class own Bitcoin, right? I'm not getting out on the ground floor or something if I'm following the lead of high school kids. So the time to have hedged myself was when this you- This is the beautiful thing about it. People in Venezuela are gonna get into Bitcoin before Jamie Dimon because of this. And that, yeah, that, you know, people like Jamie Dimon are gonna be the last to come in because they're gonna have that exact thought process. It's, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. All right, guys, uh, we have to leave <laughs> right. here. Thank this you so much. This is a pleasure. Much. Again, right. thank you, Peter Schiff. Uh, and thank you, Saifedean, uh, for joining me. And hopefully we can do this again some other time. Uh, this has been an episode on a tone-based podcast and YouTube channel. Uh, check it out, and we'll bring you more great shows soon. Bye, guys. Cheers. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.